Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. Look at me now, I think you find it hard to believe. Back in my ear, but voted least likely to succeed. You go and worry about the things you can't control. I'm a seed of donut. Happy Monday, everybody. To say some better cheddars. Man, they were good. I was going to say, what is this place? Because I, I don't think I've been to the studio since before Boise. So this is a... I had to have the GPS get me here today. Yeah, that's exactly right. Riley Corcoran, Voice the Grizz in the studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It is Nuanas now. Your one-stop shop for all things sports across the Treasure State each and every day right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. We do this. Each and every Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. If you want to tune in on any of your mobile devices, your computer, your cell phone, your iPad, I got my iPad back. I'm very happy about this. This was, We'll get into this story in a minute. Um, we did a radio show from 2,000 miles away on an iPad for uh, basically, I guess we were 600 miles away for a week and then 2,000 miles away for a, about another week. And, uh, of course, after the last game, I forgot the iPad. But Final we, game, too, of all. I mean, Final out of 14 on, games, man. of course. But we got it back. Uh, if you do want to watch it on any of your mobile devices, you can go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and you will find the stream, which is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Want to give us a call, want to be a part of the show, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. Like I said, Riley Corcoran in studio, as he does each and every Monday and Tuesday. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to do the Montana basketball hour, first hour of the show, like we do each and every Monday. 5-15, one of the first, the first Elite Eight game of the night. We'll feature two guys with strong Montana ties. Head coach Wayne Tinkle of the Oregon State Beavers, a Montana alum, and head coach Kelvin Sampson of Houston, a former head coach for the Montana Tech Ore Diggers. So we'll dive into that matchup. Give you a little more detail on Kelvin Sampson because I do think that he was in Montana for a substantial period of time, and I think that's not that well known that he does have the Montana ties that he does. A guy that's coached in the Final Four for... um, at least one program, Oklahoma, and is one step away now from leading Houston to the Final Four as well. We're also going to talk about the transfer portal. The thing's going nuts. we got 36 entries and counting from Big Sky Conference men's basketball, including a mass exodus from Eastern Washington. So we'll get into that, what it means for the defending Big Sky Conference, both regular season and tournament champion Eagles over in Cheney. We'll talk a little bit about Lady Grizz coaching search. Second hour. Linnell Martin Jr., he's the newest Grizz men's basketball player. It's actually funny considering the turmoil that the Grizz went through this year and the guys they had leave in the midst of the season. 
they've actually, they're way down the list in terms of schools in the Big Sky that have had guys enter the portal since the tournament's been over. In fact, they have zero. There's only a couple schools that have zero right now, it, it, just in terms of since the Big Sky tournament ended, but Montana is one of them. So they actually bolstered their ranks. Lanell uh, Martin Jr., excuse me, from Otero Junior College in Colorado. He's a six foot four wing. He will join us about 5 o'clock. And then our Major League Baseball preview series continues. I talked to Sean Rainey of SWX Montana a little earlier. We had to pre-record because obviously he is on the air. Uh, during uh, that fifth segment in the 5 o'clock hour. But we'll look forward to getting to all of that. Time now, though, for the Montana Basketball Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Before we get into this Elite Eight matchup, as well as some of the other matchups in the uh, tournament as we get one step away from the Final Four, Riley, what's cooking with you? What's going on? Uh, you got an Inside the Den podcast coming? I know there was a big announcement, too, as far as Grizz football today as well. I mean, obviously, you're the voice of the Grizz, but uh, more... more um, certainty as far as what your broadcast schedule might be like. No doubt, and we'll even get more details as the weeks come out, but you can check out all the social media outlets, but we're going full bore with a, a football broadcast, 11 a.m., the kick times, and the full pregame, postgame coverage on the Grizzly Radio Network, but more importantly, I think, the, the news to get out there, that there are midweek shows now, and that are available on podcast platforms that I know you checked out, the first football coaches show, that was last week with Coach Halkin, just getting really all the questions that we talk about and that we have answers. Alright, Coach, tell me about your five quarterbacks. Tell me who's getting the one, two, and three reps. And and Coach Hawk, very candid with his time. And and he knows, and this is what we appreciate too, he knows the crave for Grizzly football right now. And he knows that, you know, there might be certain aspects that normally he wouldn't talk about this time of year that he will reveal. Because it's more of, hey, if only 5,000 fans can get in, which he was very adamant about that he thinks and wishes that it was more for game number two. So that's another topic that we'll talk about. But uh, Coach's shows will be every Wednesday, archived edition Thursday. And then the Inside the Den podcast just dropped a new episode. You got to check it out. Near and dear to our hearts, Coulter, but with Robin Selvig. It was, it was a, a, usually I go two or three interviews per episode. He deserves one episode by himself co- covering the movie, of course, The House That Rob Built, but also really interesting topics. The inequalities right now within the NCAA Women's Tournament to the Men's Tournament. Coach Selvig talked about the Lady Grizz right now with kind of where they're at. Wayne Tinkle's run. Him and Wayne have been in contact texting back and forth. And just to get perspective from Coach, it was about a 30-minute conversation and it could have been three hours for, for how enjoyable he is to talk with and great to catch up. So again, go check that out. GoGrizz.com slash Inside the Den. We were all having fun, me and you, the last couple of weeks, but hunkered back down and uh, getting some Grizz content out this week as well. Speaking of the Grizz football team, uh, there's certain like little things that maybe I read into a little too much, but I do think it's important. And I noticed, and this is not really that much of a knock, except for it's just a far cry from what it was when I was in school. But one of the things that I thought was so important to the chemistry of the Grizz during Bobby Houck's first time here from 2003 to 2009, particularly those last four years when they went 31-1. and Those guys hung out with each other all the time. It was 50 deep, no matter what. You're going out to, I mean, seriously, 20 guys going out to dinner, 50 guys meeting up you know, at somebody's house or whatever to hang out. I saw a group of probably 30 guys downtown getting burgers, you know, on, uh, or I guess it was late last week. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe I read too much into it, but I, I think it's, it's a, it, the fact that you notice it and then you notice it going away and now you notice it coming back. To me, that's the secret sauce to get, that gets guys on the same page and gets them playing together and gets them playing with the level of passion that Coach Houck wants from these guys. And especially in a year like this, because it's been harder than ever for, sure. for guys to come together for, for a variety of reasons. But this group, and again, from Well, my- now they can start hanging out again, too, because they're kind of over the, they're past the COVID thing right. a little bit. You know, they had a little bit of an outbreak within the team. Mm-hmm. They, I know a lot of those guys were saying, I, you know, I talked to a couple of them, they said, hey, we got our shots now, so we can actually go get a hamburger. So uh, <laughs> I think that's, I, I, it's good. I think it's good for society, but I think it's also good for the Grizz football team. And I think, too, and your opinion is important here, because when it comes from my chair, with my job as the voice of the Grizz that might seem okay, well, it's lip service. But I'm telling you, these guys are so connected, Coulter, and on the same page. And that's so important with the mindset of going through a full year of grinded out workouts, winter condo, basically a fall season or a fall practice session without any games. Now spring ball. I mean, we're, we're, gonna, we're talking about 22 months between actual competition once the Grizz saddle up in Washington in September. And these guys are all on the same page. Yes, Samori Toure left, and you're, you're 
you're just naturally going to have a couple that have. But all things considered, this group is aligned and they have big time aspirations, which is something that we can talk about. We're going to throughout this show. Number one, the transfer portal within basketball, but just any sport right now. And then what is happening with current Big Sky programs, Cal Poly opting out earlier today after getting thrashed their last two games. We got his 45 points last two weeks. Yikes. I mean, I'd opt out too if I was Paul Baldwin. But I mean, we kind of saw this coming. And this Grizz football team, they could come out smelling like a rose, all things considered, about May 1st when you see maybe the carnage from other teams no and question. how FCS football shakes out. We didn't think about it at the time, but it sure looks like they could be coming out smelling like a rose. So I'm really fired up, as you can tell, and I think you are too, for the next three weeks. And whether you count them as games or not, that it's Grizzly football, and there's a craze for it, for sure. Talking football on the Montana Basketball <laughs> Hour. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz with B. Coulter Nuwana's here on Nuwana's Now. Montana Basketball Hour is presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations statewide. When you bank with Stockman Bank, your money stays in the local economy, helping your friends and neighbors. They're only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Their online and mobile banking platforms are robust and allow you to bank wherever you are, wherever you need to be, anywhere in the world. Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference. Elite Eight. First of all, how's your bracket doing? We have our tournament oh. challenge going, um, presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Thanks to everybody that signed up for the Second Chance Challenge, too. That's a fun one. Hopefully you got... Uh, Couple other brackets in there for maybe, and we're just gonna do the second, the the, uh, the the redo brackets. We're just doing it for bragging rights. But if you do win, we'll talk about you on the air, and you can send it to your mom. She'll love it, I promise. <laughs> but uh, yesterday, uh, my my bet, my brackets were doing pretty good until Oregon lost. That was kind of my trump card. I had Oregon in the Elite Eight, and uh, USC looks pretty dang good. But we have to start with the game that tips here in a little more than an hour. Oregon State continues to shock the world. But at this point, I don't really know how you say it's a shock because like I was telling my guys that we were watching the game with yesterday, when you really think about this, they beat Colorado, who's the regular season champ of the Pac-12 and uh, five seed in the first round of the, of the Pac-12 tournament. They beat UCLA, who's an 11 seed and into the Elite Eight. And they beat Oregon, who was the, I guess, excuse me, Colorado didn't win the regular season. Oregon won the regular season, but Colorado was in the mix down to the very end in the regular season as well. So they basically And the beat, highest seed out of the Pac-12 for right, the tournament. Right, So they they basically beat a five seed uh, and a seven seed and an 11 seed. And then they've already beaten a four and a five in their bracket and then an under-seeded Loyola Chicago team. So at this point, it's like, well, we can say this is continuing to shock the world, but... If you've beat six consecutive top 20 teams, I don't really know how you say it's an upset. In fact, these guys, I think they just can now pivot and say, well, we've already decimated the bracket. What's the two seed? We've already beat a bunch of top 10 teams, so who cares? And it's a non-Power 5 team, too. It's not like a team that's really going to overwhelm Oregon State. I think that was maybe some of our biggest takeaways from watching Oregon State in Indianapolis, those two games. Coulter, if you wiped out the seed and you just did by the eye test, they don't play like a 12 seed, and they don't look like a 12 seed at this current moment in the year, and that's what's so great about the bracket. But for Oregon State, you're right. They, they've gotten past the point of you know feeling like they whether they're in a game or not, they know they can win. And I think that that chip that they've constantly had on their shoulder, saw that they're the first team ever to win six straight games while being an underdog by five points or more in all of them. And that's phenomenal in its own right, too. And now you're playing a Houston team where it's going to be a grinder and it'll be a defensive game. And I know we're going to get into the, the storylines, which is pretty cool. And I think if you overlook it being from Montana, you're doing yourself a disservice. There is a lot of people around the country that are trying trying to find ties to the eight teams remaining. And this is kind of an oddball year where seven of the eight teams left are west of the Mississippi. How great is it for all of us out here in Montana and west, west of that, how we always talk about the East Coast bias? Well, guess what? This year, there's no more ACC teams. There's no East Coast bias at all. And we have a unique connection here, and especially in this game that's going to tip off in an hour. And Wayne Tinkle's story, for good reason, has been covered a lot. But I think the Kelvin Sampson connection is maybe the one that we haven't talked about as much. And with Kelvin starting out and being at the Montana Tech connection, even Robin Selvig on the Inside the Den podcast talked about Kelvin Sampson back in the day because of the tie to Judd Heathcote. And this is really intriguing because we taught, you know, the coaching tree very well and the history of it. The podcast was phenomenal. So I asked this question right back at you. It's pretty great to think of the style of play, but we've talked a lot about, you know, coach to cure still defensive minded, you know, kind of, I mean, stubborn in a right to, to that. And 
you see the two teams tonight, and I would say those are the two best defensive teams left in the tournament in Oregon State and Houston. So it's very interesting to see that even though the branches might be extended out uh, through a couple degrees of separation, you still have the same concepts and the same style of thinking when it comes to success on the basketball court. And that's why it's really cool tonight. And I hope everybody is tuning in, of course, after the show or during the show. But Wayne Tinkle, Kelvin Sampson, someone's going to the Final Four next week. It's so interesting to think, too, with how dominant UCLA was in the 60s and 70s and how dominant Indiana was uh, in the mid-70s. Over the last 40 years, since 1980, only three Western teams have won the NCAA title. UNLV in 1990, UCLA in 1995, and Arizona in 1997. The West has only hosted two Final Fours. Seattle in 95, Phoenix in 2017. Right now, out of the last, just in the last 25 years, there's only been two teams from west of the Mississippi that have even played for the championship. I guess three, because this stat, this stat actually needs to be stat checks because they did not include Gonzaga. But the only two teams have, excuse me, so there's three teams that have even played for the title Kansas, Arizona, Kansas 2008, Arizona 1997, and Gonzaga 2017. And, of course, Kansas and Arizona both won. But every single title in the last 40 years besides those three, or and then when you add just his last 25 years as well, all from teams east of the Mississippi. That in itself is crazy. So we're going to have a completely new uh, landscape of college basketball with the fact that the Pac-12 has done so well. I mean, there's a very good shot that a team from the West is going to win the NCAA tournament title. I think that's big for hoops in the West. Let's get into these Montana ties. Then we've talked extensively about Coach Tinkle. Everybody knows Wayne Tinkle played at the University of Montana in the late 1980s for both Mike Montgomery and Stu Morrill. He was a 1,500-point scorer here at Montana. I think he actually scored exactly 1,500 points for the Grizzlies. Uh, a Spokane native who then married a Montana girl, his wife, Lisa McLeod, formerly Lisa McLeod, now Lisa, Lisa Tinkle. She, I think when her career ended, was the all-time leading scorer in the history of Montana basketball. Shannon Kate who then became Shannon Schwain, um, broke that record very shortly after. But Lisa's a Fairfield, Montana native, a local girl, and she was an all-time great player. I mean, I believe she was the MVP of the Big Sky Conference at least once during her time for the Lady Grizz. And then, of course, they had three exceptional kids who all went on to play basketball at the highest level as well. Jocelyn Tinkle was a three-time Montana state champion, a two-time Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, and then went to four straight Final Fours with Stanford. Ellie Tinkle... Uh, a multiple-year starter at Gonzaga. And Trace Tickle, the all-time leading scorer in the history of not only Oregon State, but the Pac-12. And uh, a guy that's been bouncing back and forth in the D-League, the G-League. Uh, he's with the Raptors right now, but that was a shortened G-League season. But Trace Tickle remains a pro. So we know all about the Tickle ties in Missoula. All those kids grew up in Missoula, and, and Wayne has always considered this his second home. We've had him on the show leading up to this. But Kellen Sampson who is the head coach for Houston. He's been there since 2014. I don't know if a lot of people know this. Was the head coach at Montana Tech from 1981 until 1985. His first year at Montana Tech, they only won seven games. But then three straight 22-win seasons, won the Frontier Conference back-to-back years, made it to the National Tournament, made all the Elite Eight of the National Tournament one year. He was the Frontier Conference Coach of the Year. Uh, two different times at Montana Tech. Another interesting Montana tie. Kelvin Sampson's coaching career started as a graduate assistant for Judd Heathcote at Michigan State in 1979. Judd Heathcote is a godfather. He's the godfather of everything. It's amazing. Uh, but started for Judd Heathcote and then came to, to uh, Montana Tech. Sampson's career then took off quickly. He coached for Len Stevens at Washington State as an assistant from 85 to 87, then took over the Washington State job, really turned that program around, was one of their, I mean, you're a Wazoo grad. You have to say he was one of their better coaches in their history, right? I, w- I mean, you got to put him up him, with Tony him, Bennett. Him and Tony I mean, Bennett, seriously. that's it, right? Yeah, Dick Bennett, I guess you'd put in there, but Kelvin Sampson, absolutely. I'd put in their top three for sure at Wazoo. So he was there at Wazoo for 90, until 94, and then uh, he sort of, he, then he hit the jackpot, got to Oklahoma, and then he built, Oklahoma was already great, but then he built them into a true, true power. I mean, they were t- perennially top 10. They were uh, in the Final Four at least one year, and may- maybe tw- he might have even made, made tw- twice, but they definitely were uh, pretty much chalk into the Sweet 16 and maybe even in the Elite Eight most years. So he, he One Final good. Four, two Elite Eights. Two Elite Eights, yep. yeah. So they were really, really good at Oklahoma for nine years. They was in Indiana from 2006 to 2008. Uh, I always thought that was one of the weirdest fits in all of college basketball. He, it just, I, I, Kelvin Sampson is a very stern, hard-nosed type coach. 
But I just I never got that that tie. He seems so much more fit at Oklahoma than Indiana. Big time, man. I think chasing the dollar signs a little bit, but sure. also it goes to show you we were just in Indianapolis and the hire that Indiana made today. Very puzzling. It's a hard place to win. Wait, I missed this. Who did they hire? They, they hired Woodson, the Mike Woodson, oh, yeah, former who, who Indiana that, player, yep, yep, yep. but a career under 500 NBA coach and has never coached in the college game. And to take one of these crown jewel jobs, I think there's a lot of programs nationally, right? Texas football at times, Indiana basketball, where Nebraska the, football, Nebraska football, they have these unrealistic expectations where you have a guy that does pretty well and maybe an Archie Miller or someone, and, and then you go outside the box and you wonder, okay, did you guys just downgrade and now you're paying someone $7 million to leave? So long story short, connecting it back to Samson, mm-hmm. they make reaches and they make unique fits and it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't always work. And obviously since Bob Knight, it's been really hard for anyone to win at Indiana. I don't know why you don't just circle back and go get Steve Alford. Steve Alford, how about John Beeline? I mean, John Beeline sure. is a... John Beeline's we, another good We one. talked with an uh, Indiana, uh, believe it or not, a, a high school principal that is passionate and an IU grad. And if you've got someone like a John Beeline out there that is proven, and he's done it in the last five to ten years, why go take a risk and get Mike Woodson? That, that one just totally didn't make any sense, and we'll see if Indiana surprises everyone. But, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get that route whatsoever. Or just try to, I mean, just... Offer Brad Stevens $10 million a year and say, let's roll. Yeah, in, anybody. I mean, they have the the means to do it where, you know, you, you read a lot of different stories, but Indiana had one booster basically that said, I'll pay to fire Archie Miller. Well, I'm sure there's another one that would basically throw whatever it takes to get a quality coach that is a proven. I mean, how about Porter Moser from Loyola, Chicago? Sure. Even that name makes more sense than a Mike Woods. I know, I know he played at Indiana, but there's something to be said. That, that was 45 years ago. So I don't know how you make the the connection now that's relevant in 2021 on a rebuilding program that needs a, a jolt. Nuanas now, Montana Basketball Hour, brought to us by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank lending decisions are made by Montanans who understand Montana businesses. They have strong commitment to their communities and take pride in giving back. They are Montanans, serving Montanans, so let Stockman Bank show you the Montana difference today. We don't need to get into all the fall from grace for Kelvin Sampson. I mean, that's everybody already knows. He had massive NCAA violations. He went and basically hid in the NBA for seven years and then came back at Houston. And uh, it's also, I think, uh, interesting that I think that a lot of uh, Houston was so good at basketball, but then they were not good for so long that people forgot how good they once were. But I mean, Five Slam Jamma and some of those late 70s, early 80s Houston teams, I mean, those were producing some of the all-time greatest college basketball players ever and guys that then went on to be Hall of Famers in the NBA as well. And uh, it's sort of strange that they've been sort of non-relevant for a while, but now Skill Samson definitely has them back to being relevant. And it's interesting because we saw Houston live and um, they didn't look great, but they've looked better. This this last week, they looked much better than what we saw when we saw them beat Rutgers. They they really just won ugly. They found a way to win when shots weren't falling. I think they shot around 34% in that game and won. And they were down by eight with three minutes to go. We were in the Rutgers section and kind of going, is this really going to happen? You, You didn't believe that it was going to happen by watching Houston's athleticism against what Rutgers had. And sure enough, they, they found the plays late, and then they looked really good uh, against Syracuse, absolutely shutting down a team that was on fire. But you want to talk about winning, and then you want to talk about being elite. The last three years for Houston basketball, I mean, doing the numbers on this, Coulter, 83-15. and 15. 83 and 15 for their record, and they're knocking on the door. They went to the Sweet 16 three years ago at 33 and 4. They probably would have went to the Sweet 16, if not further, if there was an NCAA tournament last year. And now they're an eight point favorite tonight to move on to the Final Four. And in a year like this, who's not saying they could upset a Baylor? Who knows? I mean, those are two longtime old rivals back in the day. All I'm saying is Houston has a puncher's chance to maybe play Gonzaga next Monday night, a week from now, and who knows what could happen. But when you talk about the record, I don't care what your background is. And it's amazing, too, when we go back to Montana Tech, just to put it into perspective for everyone driving home or listening statewide right now, that was 40 years ago. And I know that he had a little fall from grace, a little fall from grace, but the fact that he stayed in coaching at the highest level for 40 straight years, 
There's not many people that can say that. And Kelvin Sampson has done that. Washington State, Oklahoma, Indiana, uh, a seven-year assistant in the NBA and now at Houston. But uh, it's a pretty cool tie to what Houston is able to do right now. I know we'll get into this down the road. Who has the best chance for an underdog of an upset? Because if you look, all four spreads are eight points or higher. Saw Here that. for this elite. That, that was interesting to me because it seems like a wide-open tournament. But now, are we just basically... Putting in Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, and Michigan? I don't know. I, I have a feeling that somebody is going to break up that uh, that party for sure. The other interesting part about Kelvin Sampson, and I think this is an undertold portion of the story as well, particularly because basketball is so important to Native American culture, especially in the modern day. But uh, Kelvin Sampson is uh, from the Lumbee Indian tribe, and he is from a small town in North Carolina, but he and his father were part of a 500 person, 500 tribal members who made national news by driving the Ku Klux Klan out of Maxton, North Carolina in what is annually celebrated by the Lumbee as the Battle of Hayes Pond. So I guess there was a Ku Klux Klan rally and basically the tribal members rallied together and forced these guys out of town. So um, that's a, just a cool anecdote to then just describe that the, he is... Uh, at least among, uh, but I, I would I was just racking my brain there for a second. I mean, he has to be the most prominent Native American coach in college sports right now, right? I mean, Absolutely. I, I can't think of one that would come to mind that's accomplished more than him and is more relevant than him right I now. I mean, he's been in the NCAA tournament more than a dozen times. He's been to the Final Four. He's been to multiple Elite Eights. He has more than 650 wins. I mean, how's this for symmetry? He's 666 and 333. So basically, you're winning two-thirds of your games. But how fitting is this? Samson. Tonight? Is game number one thousand? Game number one thousand. That's pretty. That? I mean, that's pretty cool. And, and I don't know if they will show that on TV because I don't know if they're going to count his games at Montana Tech, which ah, makes it right, even more right, relevant right, though right. for Montanans because sure. if you count his time at Montana Tech tonight is game one thousand, which is very fitting. And yes, he has won two thirds of his games exactly over nine hundred ninety nine. It's pretty cool. Montana basketball hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Let's talk bank. Show you Montana's brand of banking today. More in the Montana Basketball Hour. We're talking NCAA transfer portal, particularly pertaining to the Big Sky Conference. Keep it right here, 1029. You're listening to Nuanas now. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz with me, Coulter Nuanas. Back after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Monday, everybody. Listen to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We do that each and every Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. And each and every Monday for the first hour, we do the Montana Basketball Hour. We will be transitioning into the Montana Football Hour next month because we will have live football action pretty much four weeks in a row. I'm heading over to Bozeman this weekend, so I uh, actually think I'm going to be doing the show from Bozeman on Friday, uh, and uh, I'll be checking out Bobcat practice live and in person. Amazing that we can watch practice. I haven't watched a football practice in Bozeman uh, since fall of 2016. Wow. Uh, that long. Jeff Choate left. He, he, I mean, I've watched the first 45 minutes of practice. like When they stretch do, but, and do the, <laughs> right. the balance uh, stuff. But, yeah, when Jeff Cho first came in, it was uh, practices uh, after about two weeks of fall camp, they were, then it was closed. The t- first two weeks of fall camp, all all four seasons were open, but then it was closed after that, besides the initial part. And uh, here, I mean, Coach Halk always lets you watch all of fall camp, and then they close it during the season. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I just enjoy I just want to see some football. So, anyways, we'll be marching through Montana basketball hour today, and then football hour uh, next month, it is presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank of Montana, 36 locations around the state of Montana. They're 
in Montana and only in Montana, and they plan on keeping that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. The NCAA transfer portal is completely and utterly out of control. The total number of Division I men's basketball transfers total today reached four figures. 1,000 players in the transfer portal. If, Do the they, math. They, how, how, many, how many players are on a roster? Real quick, not to sidetrack well, you so, too far. So, uh, here's, the, here's the math. It's basically right now there's 32 conferences in Division One. So you're talking about basically every conference in the country has had at least 30. The, the average is 32 transfers per conference. The big sky right now is at 36. That's without a single player. And that, that's I might, that 36 number is just in the month of March. That's not that's not total. So that doesn't count guys like uh, Timmy Falls and Cam Satterwhite from Montana, or guys that left you know midseason at, at other schools. Um, just in the last month, thirty six guys in the portal, and we're at between twenty five and thirty percent of all of college basketball is in the portal. That, that's insanity when you think over a thousand players in the portal right now. That's just it's bonkers. And the thing that's so just just frustrating and discouraging is it's only getting started. We have no players right now in the portal from Weaver State. There's, there's no way that's going to hold. No. We got no players in the portal from Montana. There's no players in the portal from um, Southern Utah. Oh, I mean, that'll happen. I mean, I, I, Portland State, there's none. So how? How? You know, if, if everybody has a free year, and again, I'm not blaming the kids. I'm blaming the system because, I mean, if I was at Eastern Washington right now, my head coach just left, and there's this gigantic possibility that my university's athletic department might be in complete and utter financial disarray, and I might not even be playing Division One sports in the near future, I'm leaving too. This has nothing to do with culture. This has to do with just a complete calamity. Like, if I'm... So, by the way, Eastern Washington, six entries into the portal. After today, Michael Meadows and Tyler Robertson both entered the portal. So that means just in the last five days, Tanner Groves, the Big Sky MVP, Jacob Groves, his brother, who was on the all-tournament team at the Big Sky Conference Tournament and had a great game against Kansas in the NCAA Tournament, Jacob Davidson, the preseason MVP of the Big Sky Conference. And then just today, Michael Meadows, who I thought was one of the better sophomores in the league this last year, and honestly one of Eastern's better players. And then Tanner, uh, Tyler Robertson, who's the top reserve, the top reserve in the Big Sky Conference. So not right now, out of Eastern's rotation, the only guys that got any playing time for Eastern Washington this last year are Ellis Magnuson, Jack Perry, and Kim Aiken that are not into the portal so far. Six of their top nine are in the portal, and their head coach is gone. If you're Kim Aiken, and I'm not trying to sit here and speculate, but like I just don't know how you possibly would stay. Uh, you got recruited to Eastern Washington by Shante Leggins. I mean, if you ever watch Eastern play and the way that they operate, Kim Aiken, it was, it's very much like Travis Secure inside Pritchard. Like Kim Aiken was the guy that Shante, he yells at Kim, and then Kim yells at everybody else. And like, they, But they're very bonded. They're very connected. I, I just can't imagine. Like, I mean, Kim Aiken must be sitting there like, What's up, guys? Everybody left me. I'm just sitting in Cheney all by myself. And he's a California guy, too. And you. Be rest assured, there's a lot of schools that could find a fit and find a home for Kim Aiken. So that, to me, almost seems inevitable at this point. And if you're Coach Riley coming in there, boy, you've got quite the project in front of you, not only in the next two weeks for to sure. see what's I, I feel bad for him. I, Eastern Washington right now, to be on cloud nine a week ago, to enjoying it, I hope they did. I really do. I hope they enjoyed it for a little bit because now it's complete everything's completely up in the air. Who knows what that team's going to look like next year? And that's a microcosm of where college basketball is. And I'm totally with you. It's the system. It's not the players. Right. They they need to corral this. We, we could kind of foresee this coming. And now this year is going to be the biggest mess. This offseason will be the biggest mess. I don't want to be too bombastic here, but maybe in the history of college sports. Oh, for sure, it, man. It'll be a joke. I mean, I was texting with a couple guys that are assistants in this league, and one of them said... If I wanted to coach in junior college, I'd just go to coach in junior college. <laughs> Why are we making the lead, the big sky and do a junior college? Why? What's the point of doing this? And again, you know, there's we, we got some feedback on Twitter about some of this stuff too. And uh, you know, I, I keep saying that I think that this is, I think it's really, 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 really bad for the league. Period. It's bad for the user experience. It doesn't matter if you love or hate Eastern Washington. It doesn't matter if you're a Grizz or a Bobcat fan and you're rooting against Eastern Washington because you want your teams to... Not having the league MVP is bad for the league. That's just bad for the league, for the best player in the league to leave. It's bad for the league. Yes, because if any other team out of the big sky, I don't think they would have competed like Eastern did, and now all of a sudden you're taking away the, the one good representative and you're basically blowing up their team 
Their coach leaves, and it's a microcosm, number one, of the system, and number two, where Eastern Washington's at right now. It's just, it's bad all the way around the board. And then you go down south to Idaho, and they got six or seven more guys in the transfer. seven guys in the transfer portal, yeah. My, Montana Basketball Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. Talking NCAA transfer portal, 36 entries and counting from the Big Sky Conference. Idaho leads the league, not something you want to lead the league in, with seven entries into the portal. Northern Colorado has six, as does Eastern Washington. Montana State has five, so let's stick there for a second. That's your in-state angle. So the following players into the portal from Montana State. Over the weekend, Jesse Owens, former Grizz wide receiver, turned Bobcat basketball player. He's into the portal for the second time in his career. Rocky, MSUB, maybe uh, in the horizon. I mean, he should have just never stopped playing football. I couldn't. I couldn't believe the decision. It, it came as a shock. It was on Grizz Cat Football Week. And I mean, they, like, they and they loved him. He loved him. That he was. He I mean, was, he wasn't even the scout team player of the year yes, offensively. I mean, he's, it wasn't just like he was a fringe guy. Like, he was really good. He stood out, and a lot of people wouldn't know this because the practices were closed. He was getting first and second team reps at I wide receiver when the injuries were, were piling up for the wide receiving core. And then he leaves in the middle of the night, and then you think, okay, maybe Montana State. And now that shocked me. Where was the surprise factor for you? It was huge. I mean, did you think that it wasn't? It wasn't shocking to me that he wanted to play basketball. I just didn't think he was a Division One basketball player. He talked in our recruiting interview that he was a very late commit to Montana. I think he committed like less than a week before signing day because he was heavily weighing on going to Montana State Billings to play basketball. He's really good friends with Krishan Dixon. From Billing Central. Who's in the portal, Who's I think, in the portal, well. yeah. God. <laughs> he should have played football, too. He was like the number one corner. Ra- I'm sorry. If you guys are listening, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your lives. I wish everybody the best of luck. But I just uh, Jesse Owens was, was going to be an impact player for the Grizz right away, and I think that Dixon would have been an uh, impact DB for either the Cats or the Grizz if he would have went there. I agreed. Were you surprised at Owens' Minutes or lack of minutes this year? Did you did well, did he was he under the assumption he was going to play more? Did you think he was, was going to play? There more? was no real, real way to tell because he got really sick and he was he was out for a really really long time and so I, I just think he never really made it back from that, which is tough. And so I don't really know if he really knows, but. Bilal Shabazz, the other Bobcat entry from over the weekend. Shabazz was a junior college transfer who didn't really hardly play at all this year. So that one's not that surprising. Finn Fluti, who was uh, the big kid from Germany. That was last week that that he entered the portal. And then Mike Hood, who was one of the better reserves in the league for the Bobcats, also a junior college guy. He's in the portal. And then Caleb Belich, Manhattan Christian product. And he's, already the portal, and he's already at Montana Tech. So that one is not surprising either. I mean, it, Jeff Belich, who's Caleb's dad, who's an outstanding high school basketball coach, both uh, boys and girls, at Manhattan Christian for years. Uh, he played his, his college hoops at Tech as well. So Caleb Belich followed in his dad's footsteps. But to me, I mean, let's break down this, this thing by numbers because there's a difference here even if you have massive numbers in the portal. Idaho was seven. But I think that Scott Blakeney and Damon Thacker are the only two that are really high-impact guys, right? Northern Colorado with six. None of those guys are really that high-impact. Sam Massa was a solid glue guy who was a contributor. He has started in his career. Uh, Greg Bowie was, was you know, he's, he's okay. He's a rotation guy. You know, he's, he's, he's good. But other than that, most of those guys not surprising either. Montana State, uh, I do think Mike Hood is a good player, so that, that one hurts them. But the other guys were all pretty fringe, not really much playing time. That's what then makes the Eastern Washington six players so of such high consequence because it's not just kind of you know pretty solid. I mean, Scott Blakeney is like a solid big sky player. He's like an honorable mention all-league type guy, right? Uh, Mike Hood is a solid guy. He's probably one of the five best reserves in the league, but he's not a starter, right? But then you talk about Eastern, you got the preseason MVP, Jacob Davidson, the regular season and tournament MVP, and Tanner Groves. The rising star among his class in uh, Jacob Groves, the who I thought was probably one of the best wings in the league in Michael Meadows, and then the top reserve in the league in Tyler Robertson. Their six is completely and utterly different than Northern Colorado or Idaho's six. They are, and I think everybody has their own circumstance. Idaho, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I think it's healthy for both sides, kind of what's going on there, right? Because they obviously need to to hit the restart button and start getting guys out. They had a lot of seniors, despite them being uh, struggling and being one of the worst teams in the country. They had six seniors, and, and all of these, it's just more of a, hey, it's probably time for you to move on, and it's okay kind of deal. You to put your time in at Idaho, two guys that are impactful, and Thacker and Blakeney. But the other guys I want to talk about, too, that are going to get a lot of love 
are the Northern Arizona guys because you've got Cameron Shelton and you have Luke Evdolovich. Those are two guys that are capable for going off for 30 points on a given night, and it is different because you have role players and you wonder in the transfer portal too, and this could be interesting and certainly a topic of conversation in the summer when we're looking for things to talk about, though, is more of what's the intention of everyone here because I think for the Eastern Washington guys, every single one of them wants to elevate or move up per se or go to a better program. right. Maybe some of these northern Colorado guys, they get thrown in there, and I, I don't, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, but speculating a little. Sam Mastin, Colorado Player of the Year, maybe he goes to a Colorado Christian or, or something along sure. those lines, uh, a Division II school. So it's interesting because you have two different categories, and this just furthers your point. But those Eastern Washington guys, I would say the six from Eastern, Evdolovich, Cam Shelton, seven and eight, and then... Probably maybe a, a Sam Mastin, a Thacker, a Blakeney. Those are the ones that are in there um, that can certainly elevate. And it's interesting because we haven't even talked about the Portland States and the Southern Utahs of the world where you know there's going to be a couple that get thrown in the mix there as well. So uh, there's some big-time firepower and what's unfortunate for the league. And this stems back to a conversation you wonder all the time. Why can't the Big Sky get a win? Well, you have players that are successful for two or three years, and then when they finally get to a point where they can help a special team go on a run, they get plucked by the next level so they can go be on, you know, a Houston or a Michigan or whatever and be an 8-9 seed and go. It feeds itself, though, too, right? It's, it's the it's, it's the never-ending vicious cycle where we could say, oh, the league hasn't gotten a win in the tournament in the last 15 years because its best players are leaving. That's, in fact, actually not true. I think that now it's, its best players are leaving because the league hasn't gotten a win in the tournament. Guys like Damian Lillard or Michael Ogine or Saeed Pridget or Ahmad Roy, all those guys could have left. Tyler Hall at Montana State, they all could have left. I know for a fact Tyler Hall had Big Ten offers out of, after his sophomore and junior year. He didn't leave. Um, so then, then you wonder, okay, so now what if the league just gets this reputation, which might already be its reputation, of not being able to win games in the league? Who knows? Well, it's worth noting here as well, of these 36 guys, 11 of them are graduate transfers. So these guys, this is not a, a product of the unique circumstance of this zero year or the implementation of this one-time transfer rule. This is, in fact, those guys would have been eligible to, to graduate transfer no matter what. But, you know, I mean, you do. You mentioned... Cam Shelton, I mean, he's not a grad transfer, so that's that's one uh, worth noting. I did mention that there was no guys from Weber State or Portland State. In fact, there is. There's one each. Kyle Greeley from Portland State. For now, by the way. Uh, for now, right. And um, for um, Kyle Greeley from, from Portland State. Or excuse, yeah, from Portland State, excuse me. And uh, Mitchell Breezy from Weber State. Those two guys are their, only, their school's only ones in the portal. But none over the last... Month from Montana, although Cam Satterwhite did re-enter his name. And does that surprise you? Honestly, I mean, the conversations we had February, are you surprised that even one or two wouldn't kind of dabble and throw their name in there? I I, I think we were kind of speculating maybe that it wouldn't surprise us if one or two did, but it's impressive to me, and and maybe it goes into that late season run they went on. I don't know. There's a lot of different factors, but I'm curious your take on that there's no Montana players in there. Well, unfortunately, this is only the beginning. I think that every single school in the league is going to have multiple players from the transfer portal. I, I mean, I would put the over, we're at 36 right now. I would put the over under at 90 for the, for the league. I really, I really would. Because you're talking about a, a 12 team league, right? And so mm, maybe 90 is a little strong. Maybe I put the over under at, at 70. But, but we're only half yes. done, that would mean. I mean, I will not be surprised if there's an average of five per team with some having, you know, just one or two. Because we're going to, I mean, we've already seen multiple schools that have grown, and I won't, won't be surprised if they continue to have their numbers grow. But it's unsustainable for the league, man. It's really bad. I mean, Idaho, Idaho is just, they are getting, getting what they deserve is not the way to say it. I thought that the ticky-tack and pretty marginal reasons that they got rid of Don Verlin were not... I thought it was BS. I thought Don Verlin was a good coach. I thought Don Verlin did a great job at Idaho. I mean, think about what Idaho's teams looked like the last couple years of Don Verlin compared to what they look like now. Just light years They averaged over 20 wins a year in his last three. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like that team that took Montana down on the wire and then ended up getting the two seed three seasons ago with Vic Sanders and B.J. Blake and Perrion Condra and Trayvon Allen and the Sherwood brothers. brothers. I mean, that team was really good, man. They were, like, really good, really fun to watch. And even, I don't know, they just, but here's what I'm saying is, 
they're getting affected by this. They're getting affected by the coaching change, but then the culture at large, all of these things. And so now you have eight entries last year and seven entries this year. That's going to take multiple years to come back from because you can't recruit that many quality guys every year. You can't. But I also think in the same regard, they needed to free up scholarships so they can sure. finally get that's true. a fresh start. Because that's true. remember, they're building a new arena that's ready to go next year. For sure. They are sticking, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, with Zach Claus, and they're giving him sure. time. So this is more of a... Okay, we finally need to to move on and kind of hit the restart button and free up scholarships so we can go sure. get a young core. So I, I guess just seeing both sides of it, that's how I'd look at the Idaho system. Well, right, and, and like Babacar Theobane is a grad transfer. Damon Thacker is a grad transfer. Jamari Christmas is a grad transfer. Scott Blakeney is a grad transfer. So all of these guys were, lead, were well, at least they had the opportunity. Anthony Youngman, a grad transfer. So, I mean, they all had the opportunity to be out the door anyways. And so basically, these guys are just, they're, they're putting their names in the portal because they're saying, hey, I'm going to use this extra year. They could just be done. I think they just want their options. I, will, I won't be surprised if a lot of these guys just are done, they, of the grad transfer guys, if they're just say, that's it for me, I'm done playing Division One college basketball. I agree. I think that Thacker and Blakeney are the two that you look at that could elevate where they're currently at. Those are the top two scorers on their team and, and very consistent, but you're right. I mean, out of these six or seven, very easily four of them could just say, okay, you know. Time's over, but if there's a good situation. But that goes to the root of the problem. The fact that they can just dabble their name in there to just get courted by a bunch of these teams, that's where we're at. But with it's kind of a why not? Why wouldn't you do it? So oh, it's just a mess and something that, that we're going to continue to talk about and update. But my gosh. Well, that's also worth noting, too. Uh, the, the NCAA transfer portal, if you enter, it does not cancel your scholarship. Only your coach can then not renew your scholarship. There's some coaches, I mean, especially we see this in football, where as soon as you enter, you're dead. It's You're not a part of the program. It doesn't matter. There's no coming back. But we have seen guys in other sports and at schools outside of Montana that have entered and then not left. Tanner Gross said on the record with the Spokesman Review, he said, hey, I, I'm rolling the dice and seeing who I get offers from. But Eastern's in the mix. They could still recruit him back to But how do you feel about that, though? I mean, in the sense of, hey, guys, I really appreciate what I you think did. If you're, I think if you're, if you're, if you're, you're going to come back and play with a group of guys who you already had played with for a coach you've already played for, I think it's a crock. I, don't, I think that that doesn't work. In this situation, though, if he's just trying to find his best option, but then David Riley, the new coach for Eastern Washington, um is allowing him that freedom. I, I don't know. I think that is, I think the Eastern situation is different than any other situation in college basketball right now. Can I put you on the spot? Sure. Percentage chance. You get three options here, okay? Yep. Percentage chance he goes back to Eastern. Percentage chance he follows Shantae to Portland. And percentage chance he goes elsewhere. I think it's a 50-50 shot he goes to Portland or goes to a Power 5. Okay. 0% chance he plays at Eastern Washington next I like year. it. If you were to ask me last week, I would have given Eastern a little bit of a chance. Then I would have said a 25% chance to return to Eastern. The moment his brother answered, I would have said a 10% chance to return to Eastern. And then the moment that the whole rest of the team entered the portal, I think it goes down to a 0% chance. Well, and that's the other part. Are they a package deal or not? Because right. if they're a package deal, you're looking maybe Washington State or Portland. Sure. But if if they want Tanner without Jacob, then you're opening up the door. I think Jeff Goodman tweeted out, Texas Tech, Iowa State, SMU. And I mean, we were saying that we were watching him play in Kansas. Bill Self talked to Tanner Groves on the court for about two and a half minutes, and I said to you, well, here's Bill I Self's mean, recruiting pitch. He said, hey, son, come play in the Big 12 next year. Yeah, give me, give me a call next week, and we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll start our conversation. So, I mean, the options are so endless. I can't imagine what it'd be like. Maybe down the road we can get a perspective of, hey, Tanner, what was it like for you the two weeks after the NCAA tournament? Because it, it's probably crazy right now for him for good reason. But it's interesting. I wanted your take on that because there's a lot of options for where he can go, and uh, it'll be fun to talk about for sure the next couple weeks. Watch that basketball hour. Presented by Stockman Bank of Montana here on Nuanas. Now we do this the first hour of each Monday show. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas. Up against it, but Lady Grizz are in the midst of a national coaching search. The first national coaching search since a decade before I was even born. There's a lot of great candidates out there. We're hard at work at SkylineSportsMT.com as well as here at ESPN Missoula. Reporting on all of them. More from the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank. Lady Grizz coaching search right after this. 
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nuanez Now. It's the Montana Basketball Hour. We do this each and every Monday for the first hour of Nuanez Now. We do the show each and every Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as around the great state of Montana, SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanez. Riley stops by each and every Monday and Tuesday. Sean Rainey coming by on Wednesday as well. And by the way, we will have Sean joining us here in about, oh, 25 minutes to continue our baseball previews. Fun one today, the National League East, because I do think the National League East is actually probably the, mo- the most hard-to-predict division. They're, I mean, with the moves the Mets made and the momentum the Braves have got and, the I mean, the Nationals and the Phillies both putting in effort, too. I mean, it, it's a pretty wide-open but also competitive division. And, and it's exactly that leads me right into it. There's no weak team. Usually in right. every division you can pick right. alright, well they're, right. they're going to have a tough like year. Like the Marlins are the worst right. team, but they're going to like a 500 team, right? right. Like maybe a little less, yeah. but, but I mean they're pretty they're okay. Like, they're Absolutely. And they're kind of that young, hungry team where you could maybe see something like the Nationals or I think the Mets are going to be pretty good, but maybe the Nationals or the Phillies just kind of flop in the sense. So someone, just by the nature of them playing each other so many times, someone is going to be a major disappointment. I'd be curious what uh, you and Sean say later on of who you think that disappointment it might be my inkling would say the nationals are going to be the biggest flop in that division and the Mets might be the biggest surprise but uh Braves are probably the team to beat so oh as you can tell baseball is it'll be fun to wrap up basketball and to talk football but we have baseball on the horizon and even some uh Masters talk, Coulter. Matt, you know, it's one of my oh, favorite buddy. weeks of the year next year everybody on next Sunday after the Grizz play Central Washington I'm out of I'm out of commission. Master Sunday's like a holiday. <laughs> there, man. Gotta love it. Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank of Montana keeps the money in your local communities to help your friends and neighbors thrive. Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference. Lady Grizz got a coaching search going on. They do. We uh, I'm just kidding. We, we were in Boise when when athletic director Montana athletic director Ken Haslam opened this thing up and and said uh, the national search would commence. That's that's actually not news because he stated that full out when Shannon Swain's contract was not renewed and Mike Petrino was named the interim. Kent basically said, "Hey, we have a hiring freeze at Montana right now. Mike Petrino is going to get a year to uh, basically have an on the job trial as the interim coach, and they were going to open it up for a national search with Petrino in the mix. So that's one thing that we can confirm. We can say on the radio is that Mike Petrino is certainly one of the candidates for this head coaching job. Um, the uh, the way that the season ended, I don't know that might hurt Petrino, but also the fact that he's been within the program for five years, I think it helps him because of the stability that he can provide. Um, so so we'll see, but. Uh, I just started digging in on reporting on this over the weekend because we have been gone and it's been a, a pretty whirlwind last couple weeks and month. But uh, I, I do have some stuff that I can confirm. I will have a story on SkylineSportsMT.com a little bit later on this week, probably uh, tomorrow evening sometime. But interest from across the country, a lot of pretty prestigious names are what I've been hearing. Power 5 assistants, uh, a couple maybe former Power 5 head coaches, and also some people that some names that I think people around here would recognize that uh, are familiar to the region as well but in terms of the process here the uh, the ha- people always ask you know do you really like quote unquote apply for these jobs well you do but it's through usually an agent some coaches don't have agents but it's not like swinging by the office and dropping off a resume but you do send in a, a cover letter and a, a you know an app applic- or a, um, a resume to whoever it might be, the committee, or, or in this case, I guess, the, the hiring committee. But uh, they did 
had the search open until last week, and then they quote-unquote closed it in terms of throwing your name in the hat. And then they went through all their people, and now they have... Chris Redpath is on the committee. She, she talked about this on the show last week as well. But they were going to narrow it down to between 8 and 10 candidates and then do Zoom interviews with all of those and then continue to whittle down the list. So, um, again, check out SkylineSportsMT.com later on this week for uh, the names I've been able to confirm through parties connected to those specific people. Um, but definitely some some good names out there, some good names on this. And I think, too, everyone's so curious about the timeline, and there's such a process with this, right? I mean, obviously, I'm not breaking any news here to say there's a lot of good coaches that coached in the NCAA tournament that are going to be in the mix for this. And obviously, you have to wait until that process is over and those teams are all eliminated before you can fully go through with the search to make sure everyone has an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, th- I think a lot of people were just curious, well, when are they hoping to have a coach? We haven't heard anything. What do you do? Okay, well, just pump the brakes here uh, because a lot of people want to know and they want that coach right now, but wouldn't you think that taking an extra week or two to get the right candidate would probably be the prudent thing to do? And that's exactly what the committee is doing right now. And as you mentioned, as far as me, it's funny because people reach out to me. What do you know? I truly don't know anything right now. We've been in Indianapolis and and kind of disconnected from that. But what I do know is timeline-wise, yes. As you said, the the Zoom interview round is is going on, and uh, they hope to maybe bring a couple into campus, and then you're know you looking second, third week of April to hopefully have an offer out by then. There's a lot of scrutiny about Montana State's recent football coaching search because 16 or 17 days from when Jeff Choate left when they made a hire, this is a completely and utterly different thing right now for this Lady Grizz program because of what you just said, the fact the NCAA tournament is going on right now, so a lot of the coaches are going to be wanting to recruit and interview. They're not available right now to really do it. So you have to kind of let that dust settle at least a little bit. Um, but also, it's just a different portion of the offseason and stuff like that too. Like Montana State, they just needed to have somebody on in the mix because then they needed to decide yay or nay to spring football or how are we going to operate this? Are we going to play a couple of these non-championship season games or however you want to state it. Um, but th- this is different. I think they do need to take their time with this one because they they got to get it right, man. they got to get it right. This is the most prestigious program at the athletic department, and they have fallen on hard times. And, uh, you know, I, I you can't blame them for trying to go with one of the great athletes in the history of, this, of the school and the league when Robin Selvig first retired by giving Shannon Schwain a shot. But now that that... Um, chapter of Lady Grizz history is closed. I just I think you need a fresh start. I think you need to move on. And so I know a lot of people around here are going to want pe- uh, a coach with Montana ties. I will say most of the people I've been able to confirm do have some familiarity with Montana. But more than anything, I just think you'll the, the number one factor is just someone that appreciates the tradition at Montana and someone that can embrace and use that tradition to their advantage. They don't have to be a part of it, though, I don't think. I just think they need to understand it. Very important point there. And I think this really ties back to Robin Selvig and the movie that's out there right now now because we all being from Montana it is so important if you have the Montana ties well you got to know what it takes to win at Montana or even Montana State for that regard right and just knowing how special that the programs are within the state here but with how well known the Lady Grizz program is throughout the region and throughout the nation quite frankly that whoever takes this job is going to know about Lady Grizz basketball. They are going to know about Robin Selvig. One of the most attractive pieces I would think to anyone applying is what can Montana offer you that nowhere else can? You're going to have 3,000 people at your games that care. You're going to have a passionate fan base. You are going to have every resource you need to be successful. And there are a lot of women's jobs out there and just jobs in general, culture in the coaching world, that don't have those things. So that's why this position is so attractive. And I think by some of the names that you've heard so far and some of the names that have been floated out there, it's an impressive field. I'll admit, I was even um, surprised by how deep the talent pool is, and I think that goes to show you that this program is still highly regarded, and even more so why this decision at this current moment is so important. You can't screw this one up, because if the Lady Grizz, say, ha- have three, four, five more years of not competing for championships, you could kind of lose the history and the lore that is the Lady Grizz program. There's no question. The one thing I can report... One of the people that was in the mix that's no longer in the mix is Karen Aston. Karen Aston was formerly the head coach at Texas 
Very impressive resume. Led the Longhorns to four consecutive Sweet 16s. Made it to an Elite Eight one year. She comes from the Kim Mulkey and Jody Conrad coaching tree, which is, I would venture to say, the greatest coaching tree in women's college yes, basketball history. I mean, it is. Kim Mulkey and, and Jody Conrad are two of the ten best coaches in the history of women's basketball. Two, two of only, what, I think eight that even have 800 wins in each. And she was an assistant for each of them. So Karen Aston, very good resume. Uh, she fell out of favor at Texas because that's just what happens at Texas because they're just ruthless. And... Uh, they lost the first round of the tournament her second to last year, and then they didn't make the tournament her last year, and then she was abruptly fired uh, despite, again, four consecutive Sweet 16s and no lead eight in there as well. Uh, but she's now the head coach at uh, UT San Antonio, so that was announced today. So we can uh, report that element of it. It's the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. In the books, Montana Basketball Hour for the last time. We will be continuing with the Montana Football Hour, but uh, not until next week. So that will be, this is our last Montana basketball hour for uh, the tw- the spring of 2021, we should say. So thanks so much to Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank committing to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is that your money stays in the local economy, supporting friends and neighbors. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking, member FDIC. we got to get out. Linnell Martin, Jr., newest Grizz. Joining us on the other side, this is Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.